What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Knowles and Dogs podcast. This is episode six, and we are officially into conference championship weekend. Uh, we are finally here. Uh, regular season done. This is when the real season starts for some teams. Yes, sir. Um, but, uh, like usual, this is our re uh, Tuesday-Wednesday pod. This is going to be our reaction pod to the playoff rankings, plus um, whatever else is going on in the wor uh, world of college football. Mm -hmm. um, but we are going to do uh, make this the week of a preview show as well, so we'll only have the Wednesday episode here as of right now. It's November 30th, 2022. Um, but we will come back, so that means that our next episode should be the reaction pod. Yep. Um, how are we doing? I think we're doing pretty good. I don't know about you. I'm feeling good for this coming weekend. Uh, excited for some good games. Yes, same here. Uh, before we get started, uh, make sure that you are hitting that like and subscribe button. Mm -hmm. It does help out the pod. And it goes a long way to making sure that we know that we are getting to you guys. Um, episodes are all also out on Spotify, Amazon Music, and soon we'll be getting out on Apple Podcasts. Yep. Um, so make sure you hit it up. It's at Knowles and Dogs Podcast. Um, really use the following. Um, but, um, and we, you know, we'll be getting more content out there. And uh, But could just make sure you're hitting that like and subscribe button. So mm -hmm. without further ado, let's get right into it. Yes, sir. Uh, so we'll start with the college football playoff rankings. Um, the uh, rankings came out yesterday, Tuesday night. Uh, top four was Georgia at number one. Michigan moved up to two. Uh, Ohio State dropped. TCU moved up to three. And mm -hmm. USD to four. Ohio State five. Yeah. And Alabama six. Um, a lot of people were a little upset because Tennessee was at seven, and as we all know, Tennessee and Alabama have the same record, and Tennessee They beat did beat them. them. They did beat them. So, a lot of people were upset about that. The only thing I could see why people are upset about that, possibly, um, it really doesn't matter a whole lot as far as, like, playoffs go, because neither team's going to make it. But, I mean, as bowl seeding goes, it might have a little bit of an impact, because... Really, one of those two teams is going to go to the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. If you're a fan of figuring out who, who, um, so that does have a little impact. Um, but um, I don't think it's too big of a deal at the end of the day, though. Yeah, but it's I can more see just why a rivalry thing. Yeah, um, both. I mean, but I can see why uh, fans would be upset a little bit because mm -hmm. you beat a team outright. You would think because if you look at the rankings, and we'll pull them up here. I got him up here too. Um, excuse me. Uh, rankings. Yeah, if you pull them up, we got just from tiebreakers alone. You have uh, Florida State ahead of LSU at thirteen and fourteen. Oregon State over is ahead of Oregon at fifteen and sixteen. Oregon is ahead of UCLA sixteen seventeen. Um, just looking else. Any other ones? Notre North Dame. Carolina. I mean, North, North Carolina. Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame's ahead of North Carolina, yep. even with a worse record because they beat them outright. I'm trying to look at some others. Utah's ahead of Washington. I don't. Did they play this year against each other? No. Yeah, they didn't. But 
Um, trying to think of anybody else. It's on my head. Not, I can't really see right this second, but I don't think so. Yeah, no. Um, <clears throat> anything stand out to you as far as just, you know, Michigan, USC, or just um, in general? The only things that are really sticking out, like sticking straight out to me, are going to be the committee still loves Clemson, even after that uh, loss against South Carolina. They're still in the top ten. Yeah. They're actually number nine, not even like just barely at ten. They're nine. Outrageous. Yeah. Um, Outrageous. <laughs> LSU got hit hard in the rankings, losing to Texas A&M. This is the f- furthest I think a team has really dropped in the rankings in one week. Because mm-hmm. LSU was number five, yeah, last week, and, and they are number fourteen now. They dropped nine spots. Although I want to say a team earlier this year fell pretty bad like that. I don't I know. If they, was, I don't think it was during from the college football playoff rankings though. Possibly. Um, yeah, I was very surprised. Clemson's still in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I my rankings that I made, I had them at eleven. I think. That, I mean, I had UGA, Michigan, TCU, USC, Ohio State, Alabama, Tennessee, Penn State, Washington, Kansas State as my top ten, mm-hmm. and then I had Clemson at eleven. Um, but yeah, I don't understand how Clemson's relevant in top ten, and again, it doesn't matter because they lost um, to South Carolina, and they have the two losses, so it doesn't really matter. Like I said, but um, yeah. you know, Still. it's. But I mean, for. Resumes, it could help a little more if Kansas State was ranked a little higher. Personally, my biggest takeaway is that Washington isn't in the top ten. Um, I think that a they, I think that they would, they should definitely be ahead of Utah. Yeah, I just for so. record alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Washington right now could beat Penn State and could challenge Clemson. I think they had a better offense than Clemson. I just think we worry sometimes about the defense. Yeah. Because um, I watched them. I watched them a couple times this year, and their Washington's defense is a little bit shaky. Um, so I would worry about that a little bit. But I think that they could be. I think Michael Penix is a way better quarterback than Sean Clifford. Yeah, and I, agree I think they could. I think they would torch Penn State, just kind of like Ohio State did later in that game. Um, but. I think they're right up there with Clemson. I think they should be mm-hmm. at least number nine, at least ten. I think I think, Kansas I think they're be better than. I think they're better than Kansas State, though. Personally, I think if any move were to be made right here, right now, without going too in depth, I would put Washington at ten and drop Kansas State and Utah down. Because mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing I would do first is I think Washington's really underrated at the twelve spot, but I just feel like Clemson's really high for no reason. It's biased a little bit, I think, still. I mean, it's the reason why Ohio State and Bama are right there. Yeah. Especially Bama. Um, but I think that teams that... NC State uh, in the top 25? Big. And then um, if we do look like at like the playoff teams right now, yeah, I think the real winner of these most rank- recent rankings is Georgia. Mm-hmm. And I, the only reason I say that is because they, the committee... Put South Carolina in at 19, and they re-ranked Mississippi State at 24. And yeah. what does that do? That means that what does that mean? That means that they now have a ranked win over ranked 24 team 
number 24, team number 19, uh, team at 7, and possibly the team at 14. Or, and excuse me, team at 16 at Oregon. So yeah. they possibly, a win against LSU, you're going to have five ranked wins against cultural playoff 25 teams. And so when I was looking on Twitter after the rankings and people were all upset, some like Michigan fans and stuff, like why we should be number one. It's like you only have two ranked wins yeah. against the top 25, and it's Penn State and Ohio State. And to be I fair, mean, they are two top 10 wins and dominating wins. I do think that's the, that's the one thing on Michigan's resume because the rest of their teams they played were not very so, good. <laughs> if you, I mean, if you, I saw a stat, Georgia's those four teams they beaten it, it was a hundred and forty two to sixty nine they outscored. Yeah. So that's all I need to hear right there. So, um, but I guess since this is our preview episode, um, what what would you say is your like the biggest question going into Sunday, like hypotheticals. Mm. Like, let's say I was thinking about this right after the rankings. Tell me if I'm crazy or not. I said to myself, oh, by the way, off topic, real quick, the uh, as of right now, this is 10 o'clock. Yeah. Uh, the Rose Bowl has come to an agreement to um, keep, and come to their agreement, the College Football Playoff Committee. To as I find it, pulling it up too. Um, sorry, I got off topic. It's 2024 and 2025. Yeah, so I have the tweet right here from Pete Thamel. Um, yep. It is. Oh, also, and we'll talk about this later. It's a coaching news. Uh, college football playoff officials have been informed that the Rose Bowl has signed an agreement that will allow college football playoff to expand 12 teams or to 12 teams in 2024 and 2025. So, which basically meant that the, so college football playoff committee had given the Rose Bowl a deadline and pretty much that said like, hey, you either have to give us an answer by now or we're moving ahead without you. Because the Rose Bowl was upset because they wanted to still have their games played on New Year's Eve or whatever it was, New Year's Day. And they were getting all, because tradition, tradition, Listen, you need to get with the times if you're going to do this. So, uh, but luckily, they got it done, which means you can get the 12 teams sooner. Um, back to my story, though. I don't know. Any quick thought about that? Or you want to continue? Um, no, I don't have much of a thought about that. The only thing I thought was weird was the fact that they were worried about it getting moved from New Year's. Like, I think they can work more with that than anything else, is keeping yeah, I, the, the six on New Year's. But I think it mostly also had to do with the parade. Because I think their yeah. parade's always on a New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, come on. You can move. There's nothing else going on in Pasadena, I can tell you that. Yeah. 364 days out of the year. Um, anyway, back to our my original thing. My biggest... So I was sitting there Tuesday night right after I heard Reese Davis crapping all over my Georgia Bulldogs again because he yeah. went to Bama. He always thinks Michigan's better. He thought they were better last year. He said the same thing last year. I put Michigan ahead of him. Um, I was thinking, so we can we say that Michigan, Georgia and Michigan are locks regardless, right? Yeah. Okay. I guess, yeah. Would you say TCU is a lock regardless of the outcome? I don't think so because I think the committee really wants Ohio State in there. So I think they are a lock as long as they don't lose by 
I would say more than two touchdowns. Okay. So my only point to that would be is Kansas State was up 18 on them before uh, – was Martinez went down. No, it was way before – or way after. Well, excuse me, uh, Will Howard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He just went out like the first drive of the game. Mm-hmm. That game, because I remember watching it. Um, so I'm gonna say, so hypothetically speaking, if TCU loses, mm-hmm. USC lose, would you just? I was thinking, would you move TCU? Because we know the committee's not really a, the biggest fan of him. Otherwise, they would have moved him up a little while ago. I think. Yeah. I was thinking, what is the possibility that you would? Because we do we agree both that USC should be eliminated would be eliminated if they lost. Yeah, I agree with you. Or are we do we need to have the discussion about conference title games shouldn't be penalizing again, no. especially when you're pairing teams that aren't playing. No, I think the committee has set the precedent, especially in 2017, that losing a conference championship is worse than not being able to get to one when Auburn missed out. Yeah. Because because they lost and Alabama didn't play that weekend, I think they've set that precedent now, mm-hmm. and they can't. I don't think they'll go back on it. So I think okay. if USC loses, they're done. That's the that's the end of their season. Okay. All right, that's what I'm thinking. So, um, my thought was if LS or not LSU, um, USC's out if they lose. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll lose this weekend, but we'll get to the preview later. LSU or God, I keep saying LSU. USC loses. Yeah. Would you let's say TCU loses by like ten points? So it's nothing crazy because mm-hmm. they've already. It does help though because they already beat the team already. So whereas like you USC, you're losing to the same team twice. So, yeah. Um. So let's say TCU win or loses, but it's like not. It's small. But USC loses, so they're up. Mm-hmm. Would you? Would there be a scenario? And we'll say Georgia and Michigan win. Where Ohio State would jump TCU, even with the one loss, because TCU wouldn't have the title, and so but TCU would still make it. So it'd be like Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and mm-hmm. TCU. Would you see a scenario where they might do that, or are they afraid possibly of a they don't want the rematch? So what I want this is exactly what I think is going to happen in that scenario. Okay, I think if. If TCU loses, but USC also loses, I think TCU's in, and Ohio State jumps to three. I do think that happens so for you one do reason, think they because I think more than anything, they want ratings. And a yeah. Michigan versus Ohio State rematch on a neutral ground is a ratings monster. They I would love that, if that could happen, I even honestly, with the rematch. Yeah, I think that would be a um, way bigger like talking point than because I remember how last year they were. There were talks that possibly Alabama would – Alabama or Georgia, for who it was. Was it – Bama wasn't in the top four at the time last year? Um, maybe, no. yeah, after, the, no. after they lost to A&M? No, they were ranked third, I think. Okay. And I think because Georgia and Bama, like, flip-flopped. But they oh, was worried. there the talk if Georgia beat Bama? No, so, no, there was talk if – no, because Bama had the one loss and Georgia didn't. No, there yeah. was talk that if once Georgia won or lost, mm-hmm. Bama was obviously going to go to one. But yeah. where there was talk where if would Cincinnati jump to three and Georgia go to four, and then would you have the rematch? I think yeah, I kind of agree though. Ohio State, Michigan, 
would be a way bigger seller. Yeah. And I just want to comment, even when, even when we already saw Michigan blow the doors off of Ohio State, mm-hmm. I still think that that would be a they, – I don't think they would be afraid of that, especially on a neutral field. And I always say to myself, it's always hard to beat the same team twice. Yeah. I mean, you can just look at the Georgia-Alabama games last year. We lost by 17 national conference championship. Turned that around about six, eight weeks later. Yeah. Beat them by 15. Um, I mean, same thing with Auburn. We lost 2017. We lost by, I think it was 23. Yeah. You guys did, yeah, I remember that. 40 to 17. I don't know what the math is there. Um, but then we cut around and beat the doors off of them. Beat them by 21. Yes, title game. I mean, you can look anywhere. That's why I'm, like, worried. Or that's why I'm kind of – some of these games this weekend, there's a lot of rematches. Um, but I would not be surprised if they did that. That's what I was thinking. I don't know what you thought or if you had any other scenarios. So this is this is how I think the top four is really going to work out, is I think the first two are locks. No matter what happens, I think they're guaranteed a spot in the playoff. Yeah. But I think – in a scenario, if USC wins and TCU loses, TCU is out. I think they're still in. I don't think they're still in because I think Ohio State jumps them. Because I, I think, think t- but TCU does have a better strength as the best strength of record or strength of schedule or something I saw. Mm-hmm. Like they're ranked number one among yeah. the rating four. The problem would be if they lost to Kansas State, I think that just hurts them more. Than USC, then you know what I'm saying. Like I think TCU losing would hurt them really. Like I think it would drop them to five, like right then, because I still don't um, think the committee wants them in the playoff. I think they could. Well, I don't know about that. Um, I think though, no, because I think they would have. They didn't want them in the committee. Want them in already? They would have still not been in. I mean, they would have had. I mean, they're twelve USC. and zero. You can't. Well, see, this is where that's what I mean. So. I think them being 12-0 and does help, especially after they had just had a big statement win against Iowa State. Granted, Iowa State stinks, mm-hmm. but they still had the best-ranked defense in the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they put 62 on them. But, um, I will say I think TCU can afford to lose if it comes to that. Now, obviously, you don't want to lose and even put yourself in the spot like that. Yeah, I think as long as they don't get blown out of the building, and usually Big 12 championship games are never really blowouts. I think the only blowout I've seen recently was like Oklahoma and like the Oklahoma Texas. Yeah. No, no, that one actually was a little bit closer. I think it was Oklahoma Baylor was close. Let me see. I so it hasn't usually the games aren't or cl- pretty they're pretty close. Yeah. Um. So I don't see a I'm spot where they do get blown out, um, especially because TCU knows how to win close. Um, I think it's point, when they beat TCU. When Oklahoma Oklahoma beat TCU forty-one to seventeen in twenty seventeen. Okay, there you go. That's so, only, that's my blowout. Yeah, and that was a stacked Oklahoma team. That was what yeah. twenty? Is that twenty seventeen? Yep, Baker Mayfield's team. Because that was his Heisman year. Go dogs. Anyway, I think there's a yeah. So I as long I think as long as they don't lose like blowout big like that, they get that. They're not good. They're not. They, and we're gonna find out a lot, especially Friday. And this is why we're doing a preview show today. It's yeah. Friday night. We may already know who's gonna be in. Hell, we might know who's already in by Saturday morning. You know. Yeah. 
because because like I say, like I think TCU can afford to lose as long as they don't get beat by like thirty or like twenty. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a scenario where they get, and we've seen them win close. They, if they need to, they will put the brakes yeah. on an offense like Texas. So, I don't know. What else do you have to add? Anything? That's really the only thing I would say. is I The only thing I disagree with you is that TCU is guaranteed. I do think if they lose, that's bad for them. That's really bad for them. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, again, like you don't want to put yourself in a spot where you, just, you lose. I mean, because you never want to do that. And especially um, where, like... The committee is so subjective, and we can be real about that. Yeah. They're so subjective. So you, of course, never want to put yourself in a spot where you were, like, hoping and praying that they get that. Because, um, I mean, you can lose close and still have shot. Now, would you ra- who would you, like, if you were being un- not subjective, mm-hmm. like it was like a blind resume and you had TCUs in Ohio State, or maybe yeah. if you just knew. If you stack the TCU and Ohio State together, and I guess Bama, if we're really getting wild with it, I don't think there's any scenario. I think where they're out. Yeah. But I think it would be really them. Who would you rather put in, TCU or Ohio State? So I think I'd rather put TCU in. Same. But I don't think the committee is going to agree with that statement. I guess, but at some point you do have to value. Like, all right, so let's say TCU loses, like, Say USC wins Friday. Mm-hmm. Michigan, Ohio State win. Or Michigan yep. and Georgia win. Yep. Let's say TCU loses like on a game-winning field goal. They still win? Mm-hmm. Again, I really don't know. Because I know it sounds terrible, but the committee is going to sit there, and they're going to go, an Ohio State team who they, they're probably going to send a quarterback to New York versus TCU, a team who for most of the season hasn't impressed us uh, and lost – when we think they're going to lose. But they I, lost to a team that they already beat, though. I don't, I mean. <laughs> All right, anyway. <laughs> I, I, I just, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, I, I, lo- I think there is a really high chance the committee sits there and goes, Georgia, Michigan, USC, Ohio State. And I think part of it's a financial reason, but mm. if a TC, if TCU loses, they they desperately have, they need they need a USC to lose on Friday if they lose. I guess. I mean, I just I think TCU is kind of locked in already. I think they're a team that as long as they don't just get crapped on. Mm-hmm. I think they will be set. I think they're fine. Um, but obviously you don't want to even test that. Now I do seeding wise. Um, there's a shot if they lose and USC wins, then you flip flop them or something. Uh, mm-hmm. Quick question also, because um, apparently it's now a question or it's now even being talked about. How much do you think Michigan needs to win by to chop Georgia? Regardless, like, just say Georgia wins, like, 34-14. How much do you think Georgia, or if Georgia, yeah. How much do you you think Michigan has any shot to be number one? 
The only chance Michigan has to be number one is if Georgia wins in a close battle, right? Mm-hmm. Or lose. Like, or obviously if they lose, they're, yeah. But if Georgia wins in a close one, like a 21 to 17, something like that, right? And Michigan wins like 56 nothing. And J.J. McCarthy throws for like 400 yards. They pick the ball off five, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they just, they just take him to the woodshed, right? I think yeah. in a scenario like that, they might flip him. Maybe. But I also think in that scenario, it's it's a USC loses, Ohio State wins, so they can get the rematch on TV. Oh, they would one hundred percent do that. That's now, yeah. That's Harbaugh. Harbaugh. You know, would be a total piece of crap, and would just he would take the orange bowl or not take the orange. Bowl. He, would take the, <laughs> he would take the orange bowl. Yeah, yeah. he would take he'd take the peach bowl for sure, and he would send Georgia out to Arizona. Yeah. Oh yeah, he likely. Would. Because oh, yeah, number one seed has that option, don't they? Which was yeah. I was surprised. So this is why I was surprised last year when Bama chose to go to the Cotton Bowl. I guess that's closer in theory. Then what was the other option? The Orange Bowl. The Orange Bowl. That's why I was surprised because I guess I guess it's more of a Nick Saban's a disciplinary type of guy, right? So I, I guess they played there a lot, though. Yeah, they've played there a lot, but I guess the thought is, what's a way to cut out distractions? Let's go to Dallas. Yeah, Instead of Miami, that's true. Because I, because that that team wasn't very that I that Alabama team last year had problems like personnel problems. Oh, they still do this. They still do they this. still they're still suffering with the same stuff. So I guarantee you, part of it was the staff was like, we don't want anybody getting in trouble while we're on this trip. Yeah, let's go to if we're gonna pick between the two, let's pick Dallas. Yeah. and I think if if we stick with the same four we have now, which I think we end up will. We end up uh, we'll having. Yeah, I do too. I think Georgia's yeah definitely gonna take the Peach Bowl. Sent make make oh, uh, make USC fly across the country. It's, it's gonna be another Oregon <laughs> spot where yeah. they're gonna. They're, it's literally they're gonna beat. Apparently, there's not a lot of LSU fans. I've heard a lot of LSU fans are going yeah. this weekend. Yeah, LSU fans do travel well though. They do, but now. Or what, it's going to be a sea of red this weekend, yeah. and God forbid USC has to come in. Oh my God! I was there for the Oregon game, mm-hmm. and let me tell you right now, there was. We're talking about. It was probably about ninety-seven to three, and fans for Georgia, and obviously, so you're yeah. ninety miles away from Athens, but holy cow, there was like two little spots of green, and mm-hmm. that was it. That place you know- was insane. I will say it definitely won't be like that if that happens, only for the one reason being is that USC does have a very rich and very large alumni base because the school has like 56,000 students a year. So like, If if Georgia went to USC tomorrow mm-hmm. and played there tomorrow, yeah, there would be more Georgia fans there. Than there would be I, I don't know. I don't there know. would be. 100%. I, Listen, I, they go to UCLA in a couple of years? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. No, I agree. UCLA, yes. USC, they, the they care a little bit more at UCLA. They would do the same dang thing. I think it's going to be 60-40. I think it's going to be 60-40 in Atlanta. Oh, no. Oh. I know, I, I know, the, I know what you're saying. It's going to be 80. It'll be 80-20. Uh, you're, I think you're overdoing it there. 100%. I because I we think... Can, like, they travel. Last year. They're talking about... The, I was looking at the Pac-12 game, right? The Pac-12 championship. It was like 98% of the tickets have been sold to families in Los Angeles. Well, because they, I mean, they just have more money. Like they just outspend everybody else. No, I've 
Georgia fans travel as good as anybody in the country. Yeah, I agree. That's with not you. even a biased statement. No, they. I think they travel well. It was but, seven. They said it was. It was like seventy thirty, at the national title game in Indianapolis. And it was. I mean, we took over Notre Dame a couple years, like back in twenty seventeen. Yeah, they took over. Like the entire stadium is red. That's in South Bend, and they yeah. are it's about as rich in football as it gets. Mm-hmm. So, I. You were talking about overwhelming. I, I do think there are going to be more USC fans than there were Oregon fans. I think that too. I think that, but there's not a shot it's that close. Not a I, shot. I, I, only reason I think it will be closer than you think is, like I said, USC mm-hmm. hasn't done anything in Georgia over a fans decade. will buy all those tickets. <laughs> you can't tell me a campus that's 90 miles away from the city that they're playing in is going to have not as many fans. Well, the only reason I would say it, I, I think they're going to have more fans, but I just think because ticket prices are going to be expensive for that game. I know. And I watched, USC fans spend a lot of money. Like Georgia games, fans, oh, they will spend their money. Like a USC home there. game costs like $140 for a ticket. So do most Georgia games. It's just some of the bigger games. Well, some of the bigger games. I mean, I watch the Georgia podcast, the mm-hmm. Baxter Street Boys. Shout yeah. out. Um, they... Both of them already bought their tickets. They're not afraid of that. Now, they better not get screwed that they lose in the Michigan hops because then that'll not yeah. happen. But anyway, that's that's for a story for a different time. Let's move on, unless we have any final thoughts. No, but I don't think I have anything else. Only thing okay. else to add is Florida State is getting that love from the committee. That's what we're talking about. Love Number to see 13. it. Number 13, let's go. She's at Bullbound. Love to yes, see sir. it. Yes, sir. Love to see it. Uh, we'll probably – we'll talk about this towards the end of the show – you would we are we going to be doing more Sundays? Are going to be a just reaction pod from conference championships and then the playoff, mm-hmm. like just reaction. Well, we'll need. Or we'll them, do we'll do the show on Sunday, the reaction show, and then we'll have to do a show on Tuesday because that's when we'll find out. Like no Sunday. Oh Sunday, sorry. Sunday's right when Sunday at yeah, noon. Right. But they usually no, they say noon and then they don't release until like. Freaking two o'clock, so. But we'll figure that out. We'll probably do a one and one. We'll probably do first. We'll talk about the championship, we'll like, uh, championship four, and then we'll talk yeah, about think, the actual reactions to the games after. Because yeah. I just I have a feeling the games are not going to be as interesting to talk about as the playoff. I'm interested in some of the lines, how big some of those lines are going to be, because they're going to be double digit lines. I'll tell yeah. you that. At least right. half the games. Yeah. All right. Anyway, we'll move on. Do you want to do coaching news or yeah? Preview? Yeah. We'll we'll start with the coaching news because I think that's going to be the most interesting thing to talk about here. Okay. Uh, we're we're going to start with the biggest headline I have seen out of the state of Alabama in like five years, uh, even with the national championships won by uh, the team in Tuscaloosa. I have never seen more people lose their minds on Twitter to this hiring. So oh, messed up the school he went to. So Hugh Freeze. Nice. <laughs> He's not there anymore. Uh, Hugh Freeze is the next head coach at Auburn University. I think – I don't know where to start with this hire, to be quite frank with you, because on one hand, on a, in a football perspective, this is like a football vacuum perspective. This is a, a, a great hire even. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who's won at the SEC level. He's competed with Alabama. He's beaten Alabama. He's beaten Nick Saban Alabama. He has mm-hmm. – 
coached nine win uh, New Year's Six Bowl teams in the SEC. He won a ton at Liberty. From a football-only perspective, this is a fantastic hire for Auburn. Yes. And then we cut to the other side. The dark side. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know how you feel, but some of like the adultery stuff with like the hookers and stuff, I'm not – I, I, I don't take too much personal stock in that just because, like, I don't really care about his personal life. That's between him and his family. But the off-the-field, you know, like the the bribing players and then the um, the whole thing at Liberty where he was sending messages to girls accusing players of sexual assault saying, don't, you know, don't go to court over this. I think that's the only red flag with Hugh Freeze because I do think it's – it's going to mess with the fan base a little bit, make uh, – but winning cures everything in this sport. So yeah. if so, he wins nine games next year, nobody's going to care. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, my takeaway is Auburn will do whatever it takes to win. Mm-hmm. This is such an Auburn move. They yeah. did this in basketball with their basketball coach. Oh, gosh, what's his name? Anyway, his ba- the basketball coach there. Yeah, the men's basketball coach had similar, not similar stuff to this, but like had some off the court issues. Mm-hmm. But they still hired him, and he's done a great job there. Um, yep, like a really good job. Uh, but they're not afraid. And this is remember, this is a new AD in. This is I forget his. It's Cohen something. He's from Mississippi State. Um, they uh, not afraid, obviously, to make a ballsy move like this, and. Yeah. Um, Apparently, this was like, oh, Auburn's always their first choice, but they just, this was their first choice always in that they always were, but they wanted to also, I guess, look around like mm-hmm. with Kiffin and stuff, possibly. Although, I haven't seen anything that they actually offered him anything. So, they obviously had their their heart set on Hugh Freeze. Um He's from a football perspective, like he said, like he's done really well. Like he did mm-hmm. really good at Auburn, or not Auburn. Hopefully, maybe he will. Yeah. Old Miss, he did really good at. He was a really he was a solid coach at Liberty. I know they had a rough ending this year, but like I think last year they had ten wins, nine or ten wins last year. Yeah, and they just joined the FBS level just like two, three, four years ago. They're yeah. a relatively new program, and he brought them. They got ranked for the first time in program history this year. I mean, so, they. I mean, they beat Arkansas this year. They mm-hmm. uh, did they play BYU this year? Yeah, they. Uh, no, they played them. Actually, I don't know. Hold up. I want to say they beat them because I think I said I saw something about like. Pulling up their schedule right now. I know Notre Dame played BYU. They did. They did beat BYU. They beat they them forty-one to fourteen. Yeah, I mean, you beat you solid BYU team. Yep. Um, I mean, they're nothing special, but like it's a solid BYU team that beat Baylor, and Baylor is a solid middle of the pack Big Twelve team this year. Yep. Um, I mean, you just. I mean, I guess you, you're just kind of selling your soul to the devil a little bit here. Uh, um, yeah, but at the same I mean, time, I mean, I guess it's just really you're just accepting. You're not really looking. You're not judging the person at this point by what they've done in the past. More about what they're about right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he's already keeping Cadillac Williams on staff, so which is a good move. They upgraded over the head coach. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I guess if 
something happens where you got to fire him again, you always have Cat. Yeah. Um, I do know that, like, I know the special teams coordinator and the linebacker head coach. I knew him. I know that guy, Auburn. He re- he just got released, though. Yeah. So hopefully he finds something. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're going to see. We'll see how the Auburn fan basics uh, responds to this, especially if they start losing. Um, you just hope that that doesn't maybe happen. Now, obviously, I'm not a big fan of Auburn because they're one of our rivals, but yeah. you know, we're going to find out real fast. Now, do I think they're going to be better than they were with Harson? Of course they are. Yeah, I mean, I think they are because I think Hugh Freeze is a better recruiter. Yep. I think he's just a better coach in general. Mm-hmm. I don't think Brian Harson was built for the SEC. I always thought it was a stretch higher anyway. They got him yeah. from like, where they get him from? Like Boise, Boise State. State. Boise State, yep. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, he was, I don't. Yeah, mis- uh, he was a horrible hire. I think the biggest thing to talk about uh, with Brian Harson is the fact that his job at Boise State wasn't even to build the program there. He was more or less keeping the ship afloat after Chris Peterson left for Washington. Yeah. So just there was there was no scenario in which the hire looked good from any perspective other than he won games. So I think mm-hmm. I think they did make the right football hire. We'll just have to see if they can control the off the field stuff. If they can control the off the field stuff, I think they've made a fantastic hire for the yeah. future. Hundred percent. No, they just and I mean, they just like he said, they just got to make sure nothing how happens. Yeah. Because something, I think he's already closing in on his like last strike. Mm-hmm. You can't be fooling around anymore. So, yeah. And I don't think he will. I think I, he understands how big. Yeah. Of an I think he is. understands this is uh, this is a big opportunity for him in that. There's not really any more pulling around time. So mm-hmm. um, we'll move on to our next coach, and we'll yep. just kind of skim through these because none of these aren't super big. Um, yep. Georgia Tech uh, removes the interim tag from uh, the interim at the time, Brent Key. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is a good hire. I think I this, is a, this is a guy that came in, or I think he was – I forget what his original position was, but this guy that got labeled as the interim coach when they were one in three. Yep. And he finishes the season five and seven. Five and seven, yeah. Yep. So he wins more than he lost. He went so four he, and four as the yeah. interim head coach. I mean, that's I mean, about as Georgia good as you Tech, can do. I mean, especially with Georgia Tech recently, that's yeah. about as good as it is. And let me tell you, as a team that plays Georgia Tech every year, it's it was a little nice to see that Tech had a little bit of juice this year. Mm-hmm. And I hope that you always want to see a rivalry a little bit, a little more competitive than what mm-hmm. it has been. Now, obviously, you just, obviously, you always just want to just take it to your rival. But yeah. I do think it's a good hire. I think that they, I saw a video that, like, they, the AD, I think, introduced, brought him out when they announced, like, this is your new coach. And, like, the entire team was just going crazy. So, yeah. like, you obviously, they bought into him. Um, they like they love the guy. Um, I thought that possibly I was a little surprised. That's when I saw like the rumors of, like Willie Fritz going there. Mm-hmm. I saw those too. I really thought there for a second. I thought that was the. Mm-hmm. And that's when yeah. I got a little worried with like Tulane this weekend. But yeah. I was surprised because like Brent Key, I'm like I'm surprised they haven't given him like an offer or something. But um, yeah, I think it's a good hire. I think yep. that. 
Georgia Tech will improve. Um, and, you know, you always wish the guy best of luck, but, you know, never too much discussed. Yeah. So I would just give a little explanation on everything he did this, this last past year at Georgia Tech. So he was named the interim head coach and went 4-4, four and four, beating 24 Pittsburgh, 13 North Carolina. He uh, breathed new life into a team that was – more or less dead. This is the best year they've had in the ACC in since 2017. And they held they and again yep. they held their own more than they more than held their own against us in the first half. Yeah. And most teams don't do that against us. So this is so. the first time they've looked. They didn't look dead in the water against you guys for the first time in years. Oh, you know yeah. I mean, like they didn't look. They didn't look like they were. Out coached. I mean, they looked like they were out physical at the end of the game, but I think I bet, that, yeah. I mean, talent came in yeah. at the end and showed itself to be more superior. But there were a couple plays in that first quarter, first half, that mm-hmm. if they're changed, a couple of drops, that who knows what happens. Yeah. So again, you love to see success. Hopefully, it builds on. I don't know if there's any more thing you had to say about it. Nope, nothing else to say. I just think I think it's a good hire for them, and I really do hope for the success there because I know you guys are rivals with them, but I think Georgia Tech is a historic football program that's really been lacking in the success department for a long time now, and it would be awesome to see them at least a borderline top 25 team. Like, you know what I mean? mean, Going to bowl games. They haven't been to a major bowl game, like a major New Year's Six since, I think, 2014. Yeah, they went to the Orange Bowl a couple of years ago. Definitely did they good. win that game against Mississippi State? I think so. I think they, they did, actually. So, like, that's the last time they've been to a big-time bowl. Like that. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. Um, we'll move on here uh, to our next coach, Kelly. Or we'll just kind of briefly talk about Kenny Dillingham, who was the offensive coordinator at Oregon, yep. takes the Arizona State job. I think it's a good hire. Um, mm-hmm. he I think it's a good hire, too. He was the OC at Auburn when Bo Nix was a freshman there. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. I think he went somewhere else. Uh, he went to Florida State. With Florida State. Yeah, he was Florida yeah. State's offensive coordinator last year in 2020 and 21. Yeah. Uh, he was he wasn't fantastic at Florida State. I'll be yeah. outright open with that. I think uh, when they when he stopped calling the plays, the offense looked better. Mm-hmm. With how you take that is how you take that. But I think he is a great talent evaluator and a good recruiter. And he has ties in Arizona. That's where he did he graduated from Arizona State. So I think on the recruiting aspect, I think this is a fantastic hire for Arizona State. They have yeah. a guy who will be loyal to the program. I don't mm-hmm. think he will take another job if he gets no. offered because this will be a, it's a power five job. That has I think this is his first head coach job anyway. Yeah. Um, so obviously you want to build success before if you even consider anywhere else. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think that We'll see. I don't know where you go from Arizona State because there's a lot you got to fix there. Yeah. Um, obviously, I think Herm Edwards finished. He had a higher over a just maybe just under a 500 record, and they got rid of him. So, well, I think, so the I think only, there was something else that happened there too. Yeah, I'll, I'll go in that a little bit in a second if you have anything more to add. I don't. I think it's just I don't know where. You, I think there's some stuff you got to figure out. From the grand scheme of things, before you no. can, I think it's going to be a little bit of a build, and I think Arizona State fans just have to be patient. Mm-hmm. I think they got to give them time because, it, like some of these bottom tier, bottom of the barrel Pac-12 teams, especially, you just got to give them time to turn the ship around. Yeah. Um, well, 
So I think um, this is a great hire for Arizona State, but he does have a serious mess to clean up. Uh, a lot of people don't know the background information, but Arizona State's currently under an NCAA investigation because of infractions during Herm Edwards' time. That's right. Because mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he was he was more or less committing uh, violations during COVID when you were only allowed to recruit at certain times, which not doesn't mean you can't contact players, but he was bringing players in for visits during NCAA, like, you're not allowed to do this hours. So yeah. there's a chance the school can get on a scholarship probation. Yeah. But I think this was a fantastic hire for them because he's a good town evaluator. So even in a situation where they're limited on scholarships, I think he could still get good players now, out of walk-ons and out of guys who just are there to help. I mean, at this point, even scholarship stuff, you can just go to the transfer portal. Anyway. Exactly, yeah. I mean, the transfer portal is about as big as a weapon. It's franchise. It's it's college football free agency. Yeah. Um. I mean, and he look what he did with Bo Nix this year. So, I think, I think this is a good hire. So, we'll um, end it here. And there's not really much else to say about that. Um, we'll see what he does there. Uh, just two quick things. Colorado is still open. Uh, I really don't. Uh, Deion Sanders has been the only name I've been hurrying for to that job and who knows if he'll actually take it um and then david shaw who's the coach at stanford uh finally resigned it seemed like he'd been there forever and they really hadn't been doing much um so stanford's open for business now and mm-hmm. uh usf is still open as far as i know i don't i think there's probably a couple more um I'm trying to think of any more that there might be more. Uh, there was a news thing I saw on Twitter, and I wanted to see. It was a about West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia plans to keep Coach Neil Brown through the 2023 season. The current That's administration so made the decision after discussions with Ren Breaker, who is the new athletic director who was hired today. Um, mm-hmm. Remember, they did get rid of their West. Obviously, they got they got rid of their AD a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But they are. I know Brown signed a two-year extension last year. I think it was last year or this year. Yeah. But they're at least keeping him in this year. Um, I know my parents are big-time West Virginia fans. My dad is, but um, they like the they like him. Um, I just think they said that he thinks my my dad thinks that they need more time. I think time is one thing, but at some point I need to see progression and yeah. i just haven't seen that from him yet um he finally beat oklahoma though he's the first coach to do it west virginia since 08 so i mean maybe i did see some positives this year they have a quarterback now he's a true freshman mm-hmm. that started this year came in, in the middle of the year he looked good i forget his name though but he was a five star he was like one of the first five stars they've had in a while yeah. at quarterback and he looked good he did look good he beat oklahoma state to finish here, they were five and seven. They're not going to be bowl eligible, but they went into Stillwater. That's Stillwater's still a tough place to play. Yeah, they it's went not, in there. Yeah. You know, they beat Oklahoma. Um, they played. It's hard to evaluate them this year because JT Daniels was so bad this year for some reason. I don't know how, but he was. Mm-hmm. JT Daniels isn't bad. I mean, but he just did not look good this year. They finally, they finally, this, this freshman was their third quarterback. So. We'll see. I think this is why they're giving him an extra year because they want to see how this carries over because they finished here strong. Um, yeah, they how did. they how they carry over is going to be um, interesting to see. 
Um, so, but like if he lays another five and seven stinker, I would not be shocked if he's fired middle there. Um, he has to. I think he has to win at least seven to eight games to keep his job. But that's West Virginia is not really at the top of our list right now. But I do think, as a supporter of the Mountaineers, family wise, I think it's if they like him, be my guess. I know a bunch of Mountaineer fans, so. And they all seem to enjoy him. So, we'll see. Uh, but I think that's all we have for coaching news. Yeah, I don't think there's much else to say. There's a couple guys who I think going into next year will be on the hot seat. And I think there's a couple guys who, if we were making betting odds, I think they get fired. Specifically, yeah. I think Jeff uh, Halfley Hayfley at Boston Fair. College. Boston College. Oh, with him. I, I think he gets him. fired. Dan, I did uh, see... Dana Holgerson, I think, will get oh. fired at Houston next year. Forgot. Cincinnati's open. Yep, Cincinnati heard, is open. So I heard two guys. The guy, the Ohio State's. I forget what his name. Damn, I forget his position, but he's like really good. I forget mm-hmm. what his title is though. He's not a coordinator or anything, but he's assistant head coach. Maybe, but he does really well. Like he's good with like recruits and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he helps Ryan Day out with that stuff. Him and then Todd or Todd uh, or Tom uh, Herman. I heard Tom Herman, but I've also heard Tom Herman's name linked to another job in the American Conference, uh, USF. I've heard that before too, so I don't really know what Tom Herman's. And Herman's not bad, and people forget he had a pretty good record at Texas. But since Texas is Texas, and they think they're the cream of the crop, they fired him. He had a plus five hundred record, like he. Was consistently getting at least eight to nine wins. Mm-hmm. It was just it just wasn't good enough for them. So, um, so I've heard that Cincinnati's not a bad job, especially going to the Big Twelve. It's um, not bad at all. But yeah, so I think that's all I can remember. All the other ones, yeah. As far as I know, right now, um, it's like you if you were saying um, with um, any favorites, maybe Jimbo Fisher. I don't think Jimbo gets fired still because of that contract. I think Billy just, Napier, possibly? I could see Billy Napier. That's the only one. Because I, I don't know if you ever use it. The, all... the Coach's Hot Seat website where they kind of they rank as to who they think has the hottest seats in the sport. I think Mel Tucker's up there, too. Mel Tucker. Uh, if Ryan Day gets blown out again by Michigan, do you think he gets? Yeah. I don't think he gets fired, but I think he's like, that seat is burning hot. Like, you lose another game, you're done. I don't think it's something to lose. If you get your butt whooped again, mm-hmm. no. Uh, Neil Brown, obviously. Um, not that nobody else. I Mike Leach, maybe. He hasn't really no. done anything in Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State, the they got a brand new athletic director. I don't think yeah. they'll be looking well, at I mean, yet. You're you just finished up year three, and the most wins you've had, I think, is eight wins, eight or yeah. nine wins. So, I think you finally you you finally won your first egg bowl in three yeah. years. So, that will keep him with the job for at least another year. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, but we'll move on. We'll talk yep. about that more next coming couple di- weeks or so with kind of bowl season rolling around. But um, we'll hop right into the preview, our conference championship preview. We'll skim through some of them because we kind of gave our little explanations about the big details as far as like overall with like the playoff rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll kind of just go in, make our picks. We'll start with the SEC title game since Georgia is in it. Um, 
I believe the line is 17 and a half. Yeah, I was going to say it's 17 and a half point favorites over number 13 LSU. Are they 13? No, 14. Yes, you guys are 13. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, you're right. They're number 14. I, that, that was the AP plot estimate 13. Yeah. So, um, yes. So, Georgia comes in 17 and a half point favorites. This game has lost a lot of its what could have been hype because of LSU getting absolutely destroyed by AM last week. Yeah. Um, but still. A solid game. It's going to be. I think it's going to be a, a close game. To be early, possibly, but Georgia always shows up for these big games. It's this little like sleeper games, but this is a four o'clock game in Atlanta. The boys will be juiced. I was there when I was a little worried that possibly might have a letdown, possibly early against Oregon in Atlanta, mm -hmm. but that was at three thirty kickoff. Just kind of about this one is. This is four. Georgia hasn't won the SEC title since 2017. Yep. Um, I think, and Kirby Smart's told, said it before, and I've heard reports like a lot of the players do. Um, they want to win this one, like they, especially some of these seniors that have been to the SEC title game multiple times and they just have yet to win one. I think Stetson Bennett might be the only one because he was on practice squad yep. back in like 2017. I don't even know if that – do you even count that, though? Because he wasn't an active contributor to that raw. Like, you know what I mean? I guess, unless he had – just because they get to ring. But Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like these guys, a lot of these seniors, want, want one bad. And I think Georgia wants to prove, like, hey, we're the top dogs right now. But they need to go out and prove it. They've lost – they haven't won – they've been to – since 2017, they've been to 17 – let's see, 17, 18, 19 – They've been to four. This will be their fifth one in six years. Uh, yeah. Um, they need to win because they yeah. haven't won one since 17, obviously. They lost in 18. They blew the lead. They lost in 19. That was just LSU's – that was LSU. That was Burrow, Chase, Jefferson. High, yeah. I mean, that was their sack. And then they lost in 21 where yeah. they blew a 10-point lead in early second quarter. Um, they'll be ready to go. I think they dominate. I think I just pray we get the tight ends involved. I've been saying it all along, um, but they need to start fast. I think they will. I think the defense is buzzing right now. And I think as long as we keep the running game going, um, mm -hmm. and I, I think we'll be able to neutralize Perkins and Ojolari more than people yeah, think. Yeah, I think so too. Because um, Broderick Jones and uh, I think it's Warren McClendon who's on the outside, they are really good at blocking. Setson Bennett doesn't get sacked a lot. And that's good. And he is mobile too, so I think he'll be able to get out. Yeah. Usually, I mean, every last few times we played Brian Kelly, though they have been close games. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they respond after losing. But I think we dominate. Um, I think, I think it's too. Yeah, I hope we just we just need to get the tight ends involved and you know start fast, come out, get the the crowds could be buzzing. Let's just get it going early and often. That's why I, I keep saying it every year. Let's get ready for the playoff. This is when the real season begins. You know, yeah. you want to make a statement. You want to leave no doubt to the committee and to the country that you are the number one team in the country. Don't let Michigan mm -hmm. fans and anybody else try to like say give them any sort of life. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to hear it. Any thoughts before we move on to the next game? Nope. I really all I have to say is I think Georgia is going to blow out LSU personally. I don't think this would be particularly close. What do you think? Do we hit, what do you think scores? Because we'll do scores, I guess. Too. Yeah, I guess like 
38 to 14 or something like that. I just I don't see LSU being able to do much on this, and I feel like they'd be, I mean. de- they'd be a deflated team after losing the week before to Texas A&M. Yeah, I just I agree with you. I think we win. Me. I think we win like 34 14. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, like you said, I don't, I can't, LSU, I just can't see them generating enough offense yeah. against us. Um, we just, if we play our game, we'll be fine. So, all right, we'll move on then to the uh, Pac-12 title game, which is Friday night, USC-Utah rematch of a couple weeks, about, probably about a month and a half, two months ago. Yep. Um, Utah. Who won back then? Back earlier in the year, forty-three, forty-two. They will rematch this time in LA or not LA, Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. USC is right now a three-point favorite. This game is on Fox at eight o'clock. I think USC. Now this is different. This is when I do think this will be a close game. Yeah, I agree with you. Because Cam Rising seems to always play well against these Big Twelve, these Pac-12 teams. Mm-hmm. Aside from last or two weeks ago when they played Oregon, and he struggled. If you look at their schedule, though, every game they've lost has been on the road against somewhat of a decent opponent. Well, not actually, not really, but just somewhat. I don't know what it is about him on the road. He just struggles a little bit. But like, mm-hmm. he does. He played really well last year in the. He plays really well in these big time upper big time Pac-12 games. Yeah. Um, and since this is a neutral site, I expect him to show up. Um, I saw a stat from their uh, Utah's tight end. Forget his name. I'm looking it up now. Uh, here, you can talk. I'm going to find it real quick. Okay, so um, all I really would have to say about this title game is I think, personally, I think USC is going to win this because the last game they lost to Utah earlier this season was – a late night game all the way in it was in Utah the officiating wasn't great and they lost by one point at the very end of the game because Utah decided to go for two so I think not only has USC gotten better since then I think they for I did I just think they are just better in every aspect of the game the only thing that Utah's really gonna have on them is a better defense but USC's offense is so good and their defense can turn the ball over yeah, I think they're like plus twenty or something. Yeah, it's like ridiculous because they can't they let everybody score on them and then they just turn the ball over like No. It's it's strange, but um so I, I do think they win I think it'll be close. I think it's gonna be like like forty two something. So you know what I mean? I think my like two things. Over. Oh, go ahead. What were you gonna say? Forty two what? Like forty two thirty four around there. So you think USC That's, covers? I do think USC will cover. Okay. Um, so, two things. Um, I believe Jordan Addison was out. Yes. So, there was that. So, Travis Dye, though, played, and Travis Dye's not playing this time around. Mm-hmm. That was a little, I was a little worried about how that would impact going into the Notre Dame game, but Notre Dame doesn't have an offense. See, Utah does, and they have a guy named Dalton Kincaid. Yeah. Uh, who is very good. Uh, he's a tight end senior tight end, and I don't know if you saw the stat line against USC earlier this year. I did see that. I was, so, he, yeah. so, yeah, he went 16, 16 receptions. He had just a casual 234 yards. Just 
234 yards receiving in a single game. This is a single game. He had one touchdown. He was averaging about 15 yards a catch. Yeah. Um, yeah. If he does that again, uh, USC is going to be in trouble. Um, and I believe in that game, um, just in general, I don't think Utah turned the ball over once. Utah, I think Cam Rising had like five touchdowns, no turnovers. Like, if they play a solid game again, I can't see why not. Now, here's yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah. So, you know how the officiating was bad in that game? How much do you want to bet every call is going to go for USC? That's exactly what I'm thinking. You know they're all the Pac-12 guys are going to be in attendance? Because mm. they haven't had a Pac-12 team since 20... Wait. 2017. 2016? 2016, right. Yeah, it was Washington. Um, you know they're going to want to get one in. And they'll be damned if they're not going to give a call or two. Plus, I mean, why wouldn't they? I mean, I'm trying to see. Yeah, I think this is a close game. Now, it could go either two ways. Um, it could go whereas... Utah just comes out of nowhere and just plays their game. Like Cam Rising threw for went thirty of forty four, four fifteen, two touchdowns mm-hmm. passing. He had three touchdowns running. Uh, in that game, Travis Dye did have eleven carries, seventy six yards and touchdown. Caleb Williams went twenty five of forty two, three eighty one and five touchdowns. Like this was a, it took a two point conversion mm-hmm. to win. Um, yeah, I think USC comes out and makes a statement though. Me too. I think they're like, listen, we're not going to mess around. I think we know what's at stake, mm. and we don't want to just squander this opportunity. So I think they come out ready to go, and I think they win. I think it's a high-scoring game, though. I don't know what the over-under is. I think it's sub 60-something? I think it was 66, maybe. It was um, really high. It was really high when I was looking yeah. at it. This is going to be, this to me feels like a, I think they do cover too. Um, I think, yeah, I think this is going to be pushing like a 40, God, I don't even know, like a 44, 45 to maybe like a 45, oh I want to say like 45, 40 game, 45, yeah, 38 game. Like this is back and forth. Um. Now, recently, though, Cam Rising has struggled a little bit with turnovers, and this is where I get a little worrisome because mm-hmm. he didn't have it against USC earlier this year. But, again, we know how hard it is to beat the same team twice, and especially the yeah. same year. And this is going to be a spot where – although, you know what? This is a spot where Utah may have nothing to lose, but they have a big 12 – Pat Rose Bowl actually at stake. But yeah. this is a spot where they may have nothing to lose. So we'll see. I think it's a really good game, but I do think USC pulls ahead – Late and I clinch a spot in the playoff, and we'll know the field by eleven thirty Friday night. Yep. All right, we'll move on to Unless our next. Unless TCU game. loses, I still think they're in. As long <laughs> as they don't get blown out, we'll move on to we'll that see. game. Big Twelve title game: Kansas State TCU. The noon kickoff on ABC. Game day is there, I believe. Um, yep. Two and a half is this cover, or is the spread right now. TCU's favorite. Mm-hmm. Talked about this already earlier in the show. Um, 
I think the biggest thing is, from TCU's perspective, they can't fall behind like they did last time. Because they can't be just nine to knock, rely on trying to knock out the quarterback again. Yeah, uh, they need to start faster than what they did the last time. Because in that first game, they played a ton. They played because remember Kansas State lost. They blew. I believe final score was. Um, I will say while I'm looking this up, um, I think yeah, like the biggest thing is for me, TCU. Like I said, just can't fall behind. Like they need to. Not, I'm not saying they need to come out and score 21 points out of the gate, but let's not fall behind. I think it was like 17 to three, or something like yeah. that, early in that game. Not even 17 three because they had 28. It was like 21 to seven or something stupid like that early, and then it was 28 10. Like you can't do that, and they it really came down to Will Howard, who Adrian Martinez and Will Howard getting injured for TCU to really claw their way back because they laid like crap in this first half of that game. Um, yeah, so mm-hmm. they need to stop the run because they struggled against stopping the run in that first game, um, and they need to not fall behind her. Your thoughts while I'm looking up the stats? Um, only thoughts I have are I think this is a must-win, must-win, must-win for TCU because I like I don't mean you disagree on this, but I really do think in a scenario where they lose, they miss the playoff in the first year under Sonny Dykes, and I really don't know if they can go back to that because I don't think they're going to be able to get those good Gary Patterson no. recruits year in, year out. So I think I... At this point, though, I think TCU has is running the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. If you look at just this year, and I know the only thing that's going to hurt them is their private school. I think yeah. they... I think they'll start dominating. I think Sonny Dykes is for real. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think this is just one fluky year where they're a Cinderella team. Yeah, I think this is. I don't know what Max Duggan is. What class he is? I think he's a senior. I'll double senior, check. Well. But I think he is. But I think this is big time, and I don't think. This is going to be something that I think they're going to be contenders because never they're staying, so they're going to be big time Big Twelve contenders just throughout now. Um, I'm looking up stats here. So TCU was up 10-7 early in that game, and then they fell behind 28 to 17 and a half. Yep. And then from there they outscored their opponents. They outscored. Uh, they shut out Kansas State actually in the second half, 138 to 28. Max Duggan did throw for three touchdowns. But the big thing was Will Howard came in, and he played really well. It was his first time playing all year. Deuce Vaughn ran 12 carries for 83 yards and a touchdown. You can't let that happen. Um, to be fair, Miller for TCU did run for 153 yards and two touchdowns. This is going to be a high-scoring game, too. I agree with you there. But I think that whichever defense holds their own the most is going to win this game. And really, this is almost a toss-up game because I Kansas State might just want just be like, you know what, guys, we really squandered that first time. Let's come out and let's rewrite that script. Mm-hmm. Or is TCU just going to be like guys like USC, where we just we're going to come out? We know what we have to do. Let's go out and show the world why we deserve to be in the playoff. Um, let's leave no doubt. So, I don't know your final thoughts here and your prediction. Um, I mean. I I don't love TCU against Kansas State for a second time. Yeah. Which is It's one of those it's again yeah. it's one of those 
you got to beat the same team twice, and they beat them earlier this year. Can they do yeah. it again? I am going to sit here, and I'm going to say they're not going to beat them twice. I think TCU's story ends Saturday. Mm-hmm. I Well, I think they still get to go to a New Year's Six Bowl, and, you know, they get to do all that fun stuff. But... So you, you so your final verdict is you think, regardless of if it's one point or 30 points, as long as they lose, they're out. Yeah. Okay. That, that's just how I think. That's how I think personally. I just I don't I, think that, but you do. Your... I I think in a scenario in which they lose, I think they go Ohio State at four, mm-hmm. USC at three, two is either Michigan or Georgia, depending on how they want to do the ratings for television. Yeah. And I'm looking but, at Kansas State's schedule. Mm-hmm. If they wouldn't have blown that one against Tulane, they have they would be a two-loss team right now. With a loss at Texas or uh, Texas and TCU. Yep. Damn. All right. Uh, what's your prediction on this game? Like, scores, I think so. I think TCU wins twenty four twenty one. I think they actually flip the script and they kick a game winning field goal. So you think TCU wins? Yep. So I, okay. So you. I thought you just said you didn't think they won. Oh right, no! I'm sorry. I, Kansas State. Kansas State wins. Sorry. Got my teams mixed up there in my head. It's late night. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think TCU wins this game. Okay. And I think they come out. They've showed that if they need to, they can hold you. They shut down Bijan Robinson. Let's remember mm-hmm. this. This is not even. This is a couple weeks ago. They went into Texas Saturday night as a seven point dog. Mm-hmm. Were expected to get blown out. And they held their own. They shut down Bijan Robinson. They made, they made Quinn Ewers into nothing. They turned them into nothing yep. and they did what they needed to win. They have showed throughout the year they know how to win if, whether it's close, if it's big do we need to shut you down or do we need to go and do a shootout. Um, I think that like USC they know what they need to do and I think they win mm, like a 30 31 to Like a thirty-one twenty, like thirty-one twenty-three game. Okay. Okay. I think they win, um, and and Kansas State. I think it's just a close game, and then it like, I think TCU kind of starts to separate early third, okay. going into the fourth. I think they kind of separate themselves. So, we'll move on to any some other ones. Uh, the we'll briefly skim these because these Michigan plays Purdue. Michigan is a heavy favorite. I forget yep. what the number is because it keeps going up. Um, 8 o'clock on Fox Saturday night. And we ex- both expect Michigan to roll, right? Yeah. I think Michigan's okay. going to win by 60. Um, I, well, I don't know about 60, but... Yeah. Well, the over-under is 51 and a half. So, I think... I think the over hits in that. I'm not going to touch that. I'm not gonna, I don't want to. I don't want to get too involved with that one. I'm not sure there. No. I think this is, although I, I think this is like a, to be fair, I did see a stat. I forget who, what the guy's name is, the Purdue's coach, but he's 3-0 and against AP, or against top 20, or top 5 yeah, teams. top 5 teams because he beat Ohio State and, uh. He beat Ohio State, he beat, uh, Penn Michigan State, State last year, and he uh, beat Michigan Iowa State. last year. Yep. Um, so, maybe, I think Purdue comes out swinging early, and then kind of gets shoved down into the ground. Like, mm-hmm. listen, you, you stay down there. Yeah. Uh, uh, I saw funny someone. I saw something funny earlier today. It was uh, 
the Big Ten West, as long as they're still divisions, should, instead of just sending one team, they should create like an all-star team. And send, it <laughs> send the whole thing in? Yeah, so to see who they can play or they can contend. Um, but, yeah, I think Michigan rolls. I think J.J. McCarthy, they did this last year too. We thought maybe there'd be a slight letdown against Iowa, and they beat him like 42-3. to three. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's a similar. I think we got like a – I think there's a – oh, shimmery timbers. Like a 40, 40 to 17 game, mm-hmm. something like that. Gotcha. I don't know what your score is. I think it's in the same ballpark. I think they do end up scoring 48. No, I think they. I think they're like, they're sitting there at the end, and they get the opportunity to score fifty, and they just decide to run the clock out. Yeah. But I think that they're gonna they're gonna dictate this game. They're gonna control the ball the whole game, and I don't think it's gonna be that close. I don't think ever no. from the second they get the ball, it's not gonna be close. I think, and we've seen, and we thought that maybe if Blake Corum was out, that they'd struggle. Donovan Edwards stepped right into that role yep. and showed why he's there for the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the uh, well. Two more. Uh, UCF Tulane is the AAC conference title game. Yep. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, we were talking about this game and how the winner and the wacky race to see who's going to be the group of five team to represent in the New Year's Six. It has come down to this. A UCF Tulane rematch back in New Orleans. Um, <laughs> Tulane is a four-point favorite now. The line went up. I think Tulane wins. I think I they revenge so. that loss. I think that... They have this the magical season that they've had. Now this is a true. I don't know if this will get replicated. This is Tulane's first conference title game in the AAC, and they're hosting it. That place is going to be bananas. Mm-hmm. I think they eventually lost to UCF. Even that game wasn't even like it felt a lot bigger than what that final score was. Um, it felt like they weren't even really in that game, even though no. it was a it was a one score game, but yeah. it didn't feel like it. John Rice Plumley ran all over him, but mm-hmm. I think since that Navy game UCF had, they just haven't looked a whole lot. Tulane showed like they went on the road to Cincy, beat them. Like that's a big time win, and yeah. they secured home field. I think they keep the New to roll. I think they win and they go to the New Year's Six, where they might. These group of five teams always put up a fight. Not yeah. all the win, but hey, they put up a fight. They seem uh, to care more than a lot of Power Five oh, teams care. Because this is like this is like their national title. I mean, if you're UCF, yeah. you put up a banner, you, you yeah. put it all over their all over campus, mm-hmm. which is outrageous. I always see the pictures of that, and I just laugh to myself. I'm like, this is yeah. 2017 national champions. It just baffles. It's so funny to think that they still are, like brainwashing themselves that they got. I don't know. That's funny. I think Tulane covers. Um, I'm thinking it's like a. I think it's a lower scoring game than yeah. the first time around. I think it's like a thirty-one to nah. I'm gonna get like twenty-seven to twenty game. I think it's a close game, but I think Tulane wins this time. I agree. And I think then, Tulane wins. Um, although that line is four, so I would not be shocked if UCF Tulane wins outright. I would not be shocked if UCF mm-hmm. or USF co- or UCF covers. Excuse me. Yeah. Now one tricky game here, and it's the nightcap. ACC title game, which might have had a lot more at stake, but South Carolina decided to go on a college football playoff eliminating streak. Yep. Um, and UNC decided to lose to Georgia Tech and NC State. Um, Clemson and North Carolina play. It's at 8 o'clock on ABC. Mm-hmm. The line is 7.5. Clemson is a favorite. I don't know what to think of this game. 
Because uh, on one side, you have a Clemson. Both teams come in off losses. And I don't want to say bad losses. Humiliating South losses. South Carolina loss isn't as terrible as the NC State loss. But, mm-hmm. yeah, they're not good losses um, from, like, the college perspective. Yeah. But on one side, you have Clemson, who I just don't know what to think of. I have ne- I haven't figured them out all year. Especially in offense. I mean, I don't know what the hell to think of DJ Uyunglele. Because one week you might get a, really, a decent. And yeah. the other week, like last week he didn't even break 100 yards passing. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to think. I think they'll be able to put some points up because since he's North Carolina's defense isn't very good. But, I mean, i got to think Drake May, North Carolina. I mean, they've played well, well enough. They've just... They got caught again the last two weeks. They fall behind a little early. Mm-hmm. They should start slow out of the gate. And they're not good. And they weren't. They're just. I mean, although they blew that game against NC State, they should have won that game um, in overtime. Yeah. But. So I, just, I think they. I don't know. I have no idea what to think of this game. I think NC covers, though. A plus seven and a half. Yeah. You're, get, you're giving me north of a touchdown. I'll take it. I'll take it. As long as I'm the only thing I'm worried about, or I guess if you're taking the cover, Drake May has had a, he's thrown a couple of interceptions recently mm-hmm. that you wish you're just like, just you can't do that against Clemson. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess there's an orange bowl at stake, so be my guess who wants to win this outright. I This is like a two, spin the wheel. This is who you're going to take. Yeah. So, I think who do you think who do you have winning this game? Or do you, I do you have, think, what do you have? I, I think Clemson's gonna win this game. Okay. For one reason and one reason only being I think Dabo is a better head coach than Mac Brown. Okay. I think they're gonna put themselves in a position to win on the back of uh Will Shipley. Yeah. Who I think he's they're gonna rely on. He's he's alright though. He's alright. He can put up yards. I think they're gonna rely on him for most of the game and just hope that they can get something through DJ on uh, play action. Do you even start DJ? Yeah, they will. No, they already said he's starting the rest of the season. He'll transfer after this year. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know if he transfers, but he's going to be the backup to... Uh, it, no, he won't. he'll transfer because it's a senior year coming up in him. Yeah. Oh, thank God he's gone. <laughs> but I think they do win just because... They, I don't think Dabo has lost an ACC championship while head coach at Clemson, and I don't think they start with a Mac Brown team that cannot defend anything. See, it's funny with North Carolina games. They always their defense starts. They start games and it looks like they you have never learned how to tackle somebody in their life. Yeah, but you get if but it's funny because they always hang around enough in the first half, either if they're winning. They all every. If they're winning or they're losing close. Yeah. If you get them to the second half, for some reason, I couldn't tell you, they seem to lock it down a little more. And I'm not saying, like, full lockdown mode. But they they prevent, they they keep you out of the end zone a lot more or a lot less in the second half than they do in the first half. Mm-hmm. And they all they need really is to get, like, a stop. They only, You give them, like, a stop or two, and, for some, and it, it, it works for them. Mm-hmm. My only thing is, and I, I want to take North Carolina just because of the heck of it. 
Yeah. But I'm worried, like, I there if they fall behind too much, I just can't see them coming back. Yeah. That's my only thing. So I think Clemson actually does win. I think I want to take North Carolina to cover. I really do. But I just don't. I, this might be a stay away. This is just like a hot, hot mess game. I think Clemson That's gets ahead away. early. Yeah, I, I think Clemson gets away. I get, Clemson gets ahead early and kind of just – their defense is good enough to just kind of keep Drake May and North Carolina's offense under control mm-hmm. uh, where they can't really do anything. So I think Clemson wins. I think it's like a – God, like a, maybe like a 27 to mm, – no, I think because their defense stinks enough. Yeah. See, or, see, DJ – but South Carolina's defense isn't very good. And DJ, but if he comes to start turning the ball over, North Carolina's going to make you pay. Yeah. So I think this is like a 27 to 17 game. I would not be surprised. 27, but... 17, 27, 20. We'll see. I, or it's yeah. like a 30 to 20. I don't know. It might be a 30, you know, 30 to 20. So that's all I got. Um, Anything else you want to do? Or the 3D games? No, I don't have anything else to say. Not not anything else really to say. The only other thing I'll add is um, I don't know what the state of Clemson is going forward. I think think they are. We're watching the decline of Clemson right now. Well, they don't. Yeah, go ahead. They they, they refuse to use the transfer portal at all. Mm -hmm. They um, have never really been the top recruiter of the ACC, even in their top years, they were still number two or number three. They just get the, they get the, the big ones. They get the good, like the quarterbacks. They can really recruit, recruit good quarterbacks, but yeah, I, uh, I don't know what to say. They see, it's hard because some teams like mine don't really use the transfer portal Mm -hmm. and it works. Yeah. makes sense. Now they view it's not like Georgia doesn't use transport because they do, mm. but they get like the hidden gems. Yeah, it just Clemson's Davos Sweeney's refusal to even consider it is what's really I think holding this program back. And I think that either some changes do need to be made in the coaching staff. I think that um, something maybe a different coordinator here or two. I don't know. No, like I think maybe. Get Uyunglele out of there, yeah, and see what happens. I think Klubnik's better. I mean, he, he hasn't been crazy good either this year. No, but he's still better. Head coach. But give him a, a full season to though. start. Yeah, give him a full season to start and see what you got. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think they win the ACC again. Is shitty. as crappy as they've been. They haven't been too bad, but yeah. they, I mean, it's crazy because they seems like they stink. And they're going to be eleven and two if they went yep. or tomorrow. Or when, they a bowl, when they win a bowl game, they'd go twelve and two, finish a record and, probably in the top we, eight. Yeah, and then we think, and they're going, and then they'll be a preseason top five team again. Mm-hmm. And this will be the same story next year too. So, um, quick couple best bets. Unless you had some other final thoughts about Clemson. Nope, I'm yeah. good. I don't All want to speak yeah, on so, that. <laughs> right. So, a couple quick best bets. Just in general this week, uh, Akron plus 11.5, okay. Buffalo. It's a makeup game. Um, I got USC minus 3. I I believe I took – so I have UGA minus 14. I handicapped it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if they cover, though. Um, Hammer Michigan, 
whatever that line ends up being. But I would get it sooner than later because that line just keeps going up. And I like TCU minus two and a half. I would watch if you're considering North Carolina, possibly think about handicapping it if you have to, mm-hmm. just to save yourself from a late stupid field goal or something late. That's all yeah. I'll say. Um, that's all my. That's all I got. Yeah. Any final thoughts before we end the show? No, but I think we've got everything across. I'm just excited for Sunday so we can figure out who we're going to watch in this championship series. Yeah, for sure. And then, before you know it, bowl season will start. Army-Navy's next week, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll have to uh, see we'll what see. Bowl, We'll have to see who's playing in the Gasparilla Bowl and how cheap tickets are because we should do a show from there. That'd be fun. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. We'll just bring – get the studio up and going. Just live yeah, streaming. Yeah, we'll just yeah, – live streaming right there. <laughs> right. We'll see. Yeah, we'll have to see where Florida State ends up and who they're playing. Yeah, um, I've been seeing I've been seeing a couple of different predictions. I saw one saying the uh Real Quest Bowl in Tampa and I would like that as a fan, but as a Florida State fan, I think that'd be terrible for us cuz yeah, like yeah, like no money from that game, so. Yeah. Um Yeah, we'll uh we'll have a reaction pod Sunday night like we usually do. Right? Mm-hmm. We will. Um, yeah. We'll do Sunday we will. night. We'll we'll discuss all the games, and we'll briefly talk about. We'll go a little. I mean, we'll we'll talk about the uh, selection show, and then Tuesday we'll Tuesday or Wednesday we'll do our full breakdown of it all and some of the highlights, some of the key bowl games early. Um, and like we like I said at the beginning, um, just please hit that like and subscribe button. Tell your friends and family about it. Please, we're just do. trying to grow. Trying to grow the show. Uh, hit us up on Spotify or Amazon Music. Like we said earlier, also, uh, we'll be getting on Apple Podcasts soon as well. Um, <laughs> we're trying our best to get on there. Yeah, even if you watch the show for a couple minutes, we're gonna try to. I'm gonna try to get some clips up, just little segments in between. But even if you watch it for five minutes or an hour, it really helps. We just hit that like button, hit the subscribe button. Trust me, it goes a long way for us. So. Um, that's all I got today. Anything? Last comments? Nope. I think we've got everything across, and I'm excited to see what happens next. Sounds good. Um, awesome. This is the Knowles and Dogs podcast. Signing off. See you guys.